What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every day, free on all platforms, five days a week. The only daily trailblazers podcast coming at you every single weekday, so make sure you are listening and tell your friends to do the same. Make it a part of your daily routine and make it your first listen every single day. In today's show, we are talking best draft fits for the Blazers. We don't know where they're going to pick yet. Uh, We are still about two weeks away. May 17th is the NBA draft lottery, but the Blazers can only pick one through four and six through 10 and 10 is incredibly unlikely. So really one through four, six, seven, eight, nine. That's that, that is the eight draft slots they're going to be in. So assuming that they have this top eight pick and not five with the way the math works, I want to look at who are the best fits for the roster. Uh, we'll close the show talking about what does best fit mean and is best fit the sort of way, best way to go about it. But let's get some some names uh, names to know. Later, later as we get closer to the draft, we're going to dive deeper into each prospect. We'll dedicate you know single shows to prospects and really, really get to know them. But right now, let's just talk best fit fits and kind of names to know as we creep closer towards the NBA draft lottery. Let's start at the top. Like if if, if the Blazers get a top three pick, that's the whole point, right? That's why they lost uh, 21 of their final 23 games. That's why they, that's why they super tanked, pulled, held everyone out and like really went for it, right? The point was to lose and lose and lose and lose. So you win at the, at lottery time. Um, I think like, this will the whole experiment is going to feel a lot better if, if they end up with like the number two pick in the NBA draft. Uh, it's uh, most of most of the risks have gone poorly to date. So, um, you know, if let's assume they let's start with if they get a top three pick, I think also. Uh, let me do a, a little caveat before we get too deep into this. I'm not I'm not a big college basketball person. Uh, I watch a boatload of NBA games, which means that I don't have a ton of bandwidth to like really watch college basketball. And, and I haven't, I am now sort of shifting and getting into draft mode. I'm, I'm reading and uh, reading a bunch of, of draft coverage from, from folks I like and I trust. Um, I'm, I'm trying to sort of catch up in real time, but I'm not someone who's poured over the tape and I don't want to misrepresent myself as someone who's like a doing heavy scouting. I'm doing heavy learning and I'll try to bring that sort of heavy learning to you. Uh, I feel that NBA draft time with this little little stolen valor at this time of year. I don't want to do that. I want to I don't I want to represent myself as someone who's uh, trying to learn about the teams and I, or learn about the players and 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 connect it to the Portland Trailblazers. From what I've learned and what I went read, there seems to be a consensus across pretty much everyone's draft board that there are four there is a a tier of four really good players and really a tier of three and then Jaden Ivey from Purdue. Uh, And and then there's like kind of a drop off. So when you're talking about the top tier, you're really talking about three guys. You're talking about Chad Holmgren of Gonzaga. You're talking about Jabari Smith Jr. of Auburn. You're talking about Paolo Bancaro of Duke. And then Jaden Ivey's in that group. And I think you could make a case for some teams that that Jaden Ivey belongs right up in there, if not ahead ahead of some of those guys, maybe ahead of Bancaro. So if the Blazers land a top three pick, they are going to be almost certainly choosing between those gentlemen. And and if we're just talking best fits, not best player, not, not best player or best, you know, best uh, career or all of those things. I'm not projecting out what, what someone's going to be like into the deep into the future of their career, but just best fits, period. I think the best fit for the Blazers in that top three tier, if they, if they get, you know, if they get one, two or three, uh, let's just assume for, for these purposes, they, they get one. So they get to like choose their own, choose their own adventure. I think it's Jabari Smith Jr. of Auburn. And I think that for a couple of reasons. One, I think, you know, he's, he's just, 
I think he has a baseline of even if he doesn't end up being like if if the if his defensive skills don't translate and he doesn't really develop much of a, as a playmaker and all those things like he has a baseline of being a 6'10 dude who could absolutely shoot it. That baseline is going to make him a good NBA player. Not like uh you know that doesn't get, you know, shooting and size doesn't guarantee you're a star. And obviously if the Blazers are drafting with the top one of the top 3 picks in the picks in the draft they want a star like that they they want to get this right and they want to have like a foundational piece for the future and a, and a you know a, a multi-time all-star or, or darn close to it uh with that selection right but i think that the floor on what jabari smith jr is going to be is just incredibly high because he's he's 6'10 and he's going to he's you know a 40 percent three-point shooter who has some like shooting ability off the bounce uh I've said this a bunch of the podcast, but dribbling into three pointers is what superstars do. Uh, like it's, he's, he has that potential to be that he is my best fit on the Blazers period. He might be my, I haven't really finalized this as we get a little bit closer and I read more and more and more and um, hopefully talk to some of my friends who cover the draft professionally. Uh, I'll kind of dial in on, on, on who I think is the best player in the draft, but for just from where, from where I sit, the best fit for, of the top, at the top of the draft board is Jabari Smith Jr. I think number two is Paolo Bancaro. And I think that's because he has some offensive creation abilities. Like he can go create his own shot at his size and his frame. He's already really strong and and skilled as and fluid athlete as a teenager, uh, and he's got some passing ability. I think the ability to create your own shot and create for others at the power forward spot um, is is has has some real real upside. Ben Curl would be my second best fit. Why I would uh, lean Jabari over Palo is because I think Palo has some real question marks on defense. And if you're looking at what the Blazers need at the four spot, they don't really need another question mark on defense at that spot. They kind of need upside on defense there. Or you just like, they don't need upside on defense. They need a good defensive player at power forward. And Jabari could be that. In general, most rookies are not very good. They're they're early on. Even ones who are going to be great in the league are not very, you know, not very good early in, early in their careers and like compared to the compared to the truly good players in the league for sure um there obviously there's plenty of impactful rookies i don't need you to send me a list of people named evan mobley uh but like it's like Jabari Smith Jr. might not be that year one, but I think he has much, you know, year two, three, five, seven, uh, has a much better chance of being a high level impact defender. And that is a better fit on the current Blazers roster than Ben Carroll. And that's, that's really the difference here. And the, the shooting a little bit, Ben Carroll is, is probably someone who I could see developing a, a pretty good outside shot, but he's more of a mid range, get downhill, you know, create, create offense, going to the rim guy. He's my second best fit on this in the top three. Uh, Chet Holmgren, it would be my would be third on this list. Uh, I, I the smart people think Chet is going to be good. Smart draft people think Chet is going to be good. I haven't really seen him play too much. Like I, I've seen him play parts of four college basketball games. Um, <laughs> three of those he lost. Uh, Gonzaga lost like six times all year, and I happen to catch half of them. Uh, it's so. Like I have a relatively small sample size of just like watching Chet, but smart people, smart draft people think he's going to be really good. It's just for me, Chet is why he's he's the third best fit for, among these top three guys. Is that uh, he, he seems like just a little bit of a project physically. Like he might he might develop. You know, he's got some really good defensive instincts. He can pass. He can dribble. He can shoot. Um, and at at his size, seven feet tall, like holy cow, that's a, that's a lot of skills in that package. But he's just not. 
going to be physically ready to be, uh, I don't think, an imposing force from my view right away. The Blazers don't have the luxury of being patient. Uh, if they want to win and be good right away, they don't have, you know, if, if Chet's going to be a star in year three and four, um, that's two kind of quote-unquote wasted years. They need more ready, you know, day one impact ready players. I think Chet might end up being the best of the three just because like most of his question marks are physical. Does his frame fill out? His skill stuff is really, really high. Uh, but the Blazers don't have the the luxury of patience waiting for Chet Holmgren's frame to fill out. So uh, at the top of the draft, the top fits for me are Jabari Smith Jr., Paolo Bencaro, then Chet Holmgren. I, I don't think Jaden Ivey is a fit for the Blazers. And we'll talk about this a little bit at the end of the show. I think he's going to be really good. Um, you know, I was super, super impressed with Jaden Ivey when I watched him play in college. His athleticism is just absolutely leaps off the screen, and he makes every so often some high-level passing reads that you're like, okay, this is an NBA. This is a, like an NBA guard. Um, you know, he played in a weird offense. Uh, Purdue's final final game of the tournament it was just a bizarre offense. It's just give him the damn ball and let him go to work. Uh, but that's kind of how college basketball is sometimes. I think in a more modern NBA offense, Ivy's will look even better. Um, I think there's an argument that he could, you know, you could draft him in the top three ahead of ahead of some of these guys. So yeah, like Ivy's just not a fit because the Blazers don't need another guard. That, that that's that's it for me. So if the Blazers are out of the top three, who are they hunting? And let me just give you a spoiler alert. One of them is a Trailblazers fan favorite, Keegan Murray. Let's talk about Keegan Murray and whoever else in the second segment. Before we do that, let me tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Uh, I straight up love Built Bars. Like... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be positive about anything that I advertise for on this on this podcast because uh, I'm I'm a good soldier and and uh, uh, I want I want you to support the show but like I straight up love Bill Bars straight up love them uh, I've been uh, Bill Bar has been a longtime sponsor of the podcast and I have been enjoying them in my home for two plus years. Uh, my personal favorite is peanut butter brownie. I also rock heavily with the cookies and cream, but all of them pack a punch. Seven On average, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, just four grams of sugar and four net carbs. That's a pretty darn good deal. Plus, they taste great too. So, all tasty, all healthy. Go get yourself some. Go to built.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. Hey, if you're looking for more NBA draft coverage, check out Locked On NBA Big Board, hosted by friend of the program and former guest on this podcast, Raphael Barlow, and a rotating cast of characters who are joining Raphael. Dive deep on everything you need to know about prospects. Like I said, I am I am a, a sort of NBA draft novice. These people are professionals. Raphael is literally a professional scout, does this for a living. So check out MB Locked on NBA Big Board wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube and dive deeper. Make it if, if you spend your first listen on uh, on Locked on Blazers, spend your second listen on Locked on NBA Big Board. That's about an hour of your day to get your day going. You're going to know everything you need about your favorite basketball team and then your favorite draft prospects. We're still talking fit here. Best fits. Um, the name, the next name I want to mention is the name that always comes up. I get emails about this. I get tweets about this. I get YouTube comments about this. Uh, people in Portland Trailblazers fans love Keegan Murray. I will forward Keegan Murray. And quite frankly, 
I think with good reason. Uh, I watched Keegan Murray play a couple games in college. Uh, one of them was against Northwestern where he was unfair, like unfair. Northwestern, not a tournament, tournament team, not a particularly good Big Ten team. And Keegan Murray was like playing a different sport than the gentleman in purple. Like he was just great. Uh, and Iowa scored like 100 points in a 40-minute game. Uh, like he was so good. But he was arguably the best player in college basketball last year. Certainly the, one of the most productive, like best is kind of subjective, right? Because like skill and production aren't the same thing, but he was, Murray's numbers are just wild. 23 and a half points, 8.7 rebounds, just shy of two assists, 1.3 steals, 1.9 block shot, 55% from the floor, 39.8% from three on 4.7 attempts a game and 75% from the free throw line. I, 6'11", or 6'8", with a 6'11", wingspan, like, he's, he's not super long at his size by any means, uh, but he's he's big, I think he could play four in the league, and he's super fluid and skilled at his size, like, this is, if, if the Blazers land sixth, and Murray is on the board, I kind of think it's a no-brainer, you know, I guess the the caveat here with Murray, and I think this is what the criticisms I've seen him is, is that he's, he's probably close to what he's going to be, obviously guys get better at the pros, right, like, you everyone can improve uh you know even even good players improve but like he he had he was a high vo high volume high usage guy in college and as a, in a slightly lower usage role will he be as as productive i mean like i said i i just think the there is just a level of production you just can't fake and if, and if you're putting up numbers like him like tw 24 9 and 2 like it, with a with more than a block and more than a steal if you're shooting, you know, plus 40% from three on five attempts a game, like that is just production. You, I don't think you could scoff at it. I don't think you'd say like, oh, this is, he's a product of whatever it is. Like Keegan Murray is, uh, if you're not in that top three, I think this is your dream fit outside. Like if the Blazers, the Blazers can't pick fifth, right? So uh, based on how the, the lottery math works, but if the Blazers finish sixth and Keegan Murray's on the board, I think he's right now as uh, this is Wednesday, May 4th show. So as of Wednesday, May 4th, yeah, yes. I think Keegan Murray is your number one best fit beyond outside of the top three, just because of the production and the size. Like you can pencil him in and add power forward. Um, he probably, you probably don't want to play three right away in the pros just because of like the level of NBA wings, but you can pencil him in at four. He's, he, I think there's a level of production and skill that makes him like a baseline, pretty darn good NBA player right away and has a chance to be a really good NBA player just with what, what he brings to the table and his, and his frame. Uh, Keegan Murray is my, my number one fit outside of the top three. Uh, next on my list is Jeremy Sohan. A 6'9 forward from Baylor. Uh, not nearly as productive uh, in his one season at Baylor, but was good. Uh, darn good. I only saw him play one game uh, in college, so I don't really have a great feel. I mostly know Sohan from uh, from reading about him. But from what I've read, really versatile defender, arguably one of the most versatile defenders in the class. Uh, he could, he you know, he'll, he'll be able to play both three and four and maybe guard up and down two through four. Uh, Defense, what the Blazers need. We're talking about best fit. That defensive versatility is is really, really valuable. And I think Sohan has that. Not a shooter right now. Like under 30% from three. Uh, probably, you know, probably will be a project in that spot. But from rookies, you know, you're not... 
you're not going to get finished products. Typically, uh, even though I just kind of joked about that with Keegan Murray, I don't believe that, right? Like I think everyone gets better. Everyone, everyone can develop and, and, and you can work on your skills. Uh, for, for Keegan Murray, I'm talking about sharpening a lot of really good skills for so on. It's, it's growing some skills that he needs. He needs a little more, uh, he needs some shooting skill, but you know, he, he can handle, he can get to his own shot at his size and he can really defend. That's what the Blazers need. I mean, they just need a, a, a skilled six, nine forward who, who's committed to being a good defender. Like that's, that would be a really ideal fit, like a prototype for them to plug in at, at a power forward. Like I, 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 I'm a believer in, in that, uh, the, the other name on the list. And I, I think, um, I've, I've seen, uh, this name is, is a little higher on some boards and lower on others, but Tari Eason of, uh, of LSU, uh, but by some accounts, the best defender in his draft class, uh, again, a six foot eight power forward who is came off the bench at LSU was extremely productive, uh, and, and grades out by, you know, some draft experts have him like in the, in the, 12, 13, 14 range. And I've seen him as high as seven in some mock drafts. Like um, the defensive versatility, the motor, the rebounding, like uh, Eason could be the guy there. Um, maybe you aim a little higher skill-wise. Uh, maybe the the lack of uh, outside shooting and offensive production makes you a l- little bit worried. Maybe you think like, you know, high motor, high defensive guy is not who you want to reach for at six, seven, eight in the draft. Like you want to, you want someone who can, who uh, grades above like really darn good role player. But for me, we're just talking best fit, the defense, the rebounding, the motor, like a little bit raw offensively, but like some skills there for sure. Um, you know, was still the most productive offensive player on his team in college. Uh, and, and, um, yeah, I think, I think Eason of Tari Eason of LSU is, is, is next on my list. Uh, as we go down, these are two names that are like, if you're, if you're, following along at home, which you are. It's like, I'm, I'm naming forwards. Like I'm, I'm, The Blazers have a massive hole. They need a starting three and a starting four next year. The best version of the Blazers, Josh Hart and uh, Nazir Little come off the bench. I think the the Blazers that are tracking right now is either Josh Hart or Nazir Little, and probably Nas starts at three to begin the season. Uh, I don't think that makes the Blazers bad. Like I, I think Nas should play and and, and be, uh, be involved in, in the rotation next year for sure and right away. But like, and, and a rookie is not going to necessarily supplant him, but I, like the best version of the Blazers need an upgrade at both the three and the four spots. So that's why the best fits on all of these names have been guys who are three, four types and mostly fours, uh, because that's that's kind of um, the, the prototype of the players that are available in the Blazers draft range. But if the Blazers want to scale down a little bit, I think this next name on the list uh, is A.J. Griffin of Duke. He's six foot six with a 6'11 wingspan. Shot 45% from three last year at Duke. Uh, was shooting prior to the end of the, like at, at early in the season, at, at about midway through the AC tournament, ACC season. AJ Griffin was shooting 47% from three on, albeit three attempts a game. Like he wasn't, he wasn't getting, he didn't have the volume. Uh, he wasn't much of a slasher at Duke. Like I think coming in, if you watch, uh, and I've watched a little bit of his, of his high, high school highlights, like he was much more of a slasher and an athlete. And at Duke, he was very much a spot up shooter. Um, this isn't me just, this isn't my Duke bias. Like I'm a Carolina guy, but this is my Duke bias. Like I watched him play. He didn't slash to the rim very much. And I thought he was going to be that. I thought his athleticism was going to, pop a little bit more on the offensive end and it doesn't um you know six six is not exactly ideal small forward height but six six with length and the ability to shoot i would be intrigued by aj griffin he's young he's coming in you know 
coming in as will come in as a teenager, uh, probably not like a high level contributor day one. This is why he's a little bit further down my list in terms of fits. But you know, a guy who could probably play two and three, and and three is the big one that we're looking for. The Blazers small forward is a big one you're looking for for the Blazers. Um, like a guy who can really play and defend on the wing. I think with his length and his size, like he has he has the potential to be a big time three and D prospect. Is he going to be like a star in the league? Depends on who you read. I think some draft guys are really high on him. Others uh, are, are a little bit lower because of the sort of what he turned into in his freshman season at Duke. Fit and context and all those things matter uh, like on your team. And that's why we're talking about best fit with the Blazers. Uh, there's a chance that just, you know, too, too many cooks in the Duke wing room, Duke forward room for, for Griffin to really be anything but a spot-up shooter. And he was a really high-level spot-up shooter. Shooting is, you know, probably the premier skill in the NBA right now. I think that's your baseline. Uh, and that's why he's he's on my list of best fits. And finally, the last name on my list is Shaden Sharp of Kentucky. Shaden Sharp's probably a two-guard. Um, he has, he's 6'6 with, with really good length, um, could probably eventually play two and three in the league. He's not huge, though. Um, he, but he didn't play at Kentucky, and he's like a really big question mark. I think if he, the what you he, what I've heard about him, and I've watched like I've said this before, I've watched one YouTube video of Shaden Sharp to like get a sense of what he was like in high school. He's a freak athlete. In fact, reportedly this week he measured a 49-inch vertical, which would be the highest vertical ever measured at the NBA Draft Combine. Just an absolute freak athlete. Uh, shows some really good pull-up shooting. Has um, you know can, can get to the rim, can shoot, can create his own shots. Uh, is this like is really athletic and maybe can play one, two, and three? Like or it's like a wing type, like a two-three with some initiating skills, which allows you to to to. Uh, play that sort of pointy forward role or whatever it is. I think initiator is maybe the best term for that as we get we get away from a traditional positions. But like Sharp is probably a two right away, so he's not my best fit. But like I, I think skill-wise and I think intrigue-wise, if the Blazers are up there in that six, seven, eight range and, and they're not as high on Sohan or they're not as high on Eason or not as like not as high on Griffin, that Sharp might be worth taking a flyer on. Um, he's he's lower on my sort of my fit list, but higher on my intrigue list. Um, and that's, you know, Sharp spent a season at Kentucky watching. If he's been a season at Kentucky playing, I think we'd have a different opinion. In fact, the way Kentucky basketball works, if he was bad at Kentucky, you'd be more excited about him because it would mean that uh, John Calipari didn't know how to coach him. He's going to be really good in the pros. Shout out to Devin Booker. Um, it's like we just don't have he's he's so intriguing and, and incredible athletic profile and obviously like a really, really high level high school basketball player Uh we just don't know. So he's lower on my fit, but higher on my intrigue range. And that's why I want to talk about the, uh, to end the show. There's like a difference between there's, there's some differing draft philosophies. And I think the Blazers are kind of a good study in fit versus best player available. And that's what, let's talk about sort of the nuances of how you approach the draft to close the show. Still a pass versus point guard. Still Mike Richmond, you're still listening to Locked On Blazers. Uh, we talk about Blazers' dra best draft fits. I give you eight names. Uh, this might change. Like we're, we'll, re we'll revisit this as we get closer as I talk to more of my friends and colleagues who, who work in the NBA draft world and can um, uh, give me some give me some further insights, bring some draft experts on the show here in the coming weeks. Uh, we'll, we'll, we will dive deeper. But one of the things that when I'm doing this exercise that I'm curious in is, is kind of just philosophy of this. Um, 
When Joe Cronin spoke to Jason Quick of the Athletic earlier this year, he mentioned that he would he is a best player available guy in the draft. It's it's less fit and more skill. He says, "Who is the best player? Let's take them because you want to have the most talent, and then you go from there." And I straight up agree with that. Like, I am a best player available guy. I think always it makes more sense to draft if if you know within reason, right? If you have guys that are pretty similar and one is a point guard and the other is a power forward and for the Blazers specific situation, you're going to go the power forward, right? Like if it's if it's even. But if you have someone way the hell up on your list and they're still there and everyone else is like a tier below, you just take the best player. Uh, like I really believe that. I I really really do. I think I think um it's reasonable to disagree and here's why it's reasonable to disagree because at, if you're at different stages in team building fit versus best player it becomes a different conversation. And I think the Blazers are at an interesting stage in their team building roster construction process where fit is more important than best player. If you are not very good um and typically teams of the top lottery are not very good. If if you're the Orlandos, the Detroits, the Indiana Pacers, with all due respect, OKC, Houston, like obviously the team's at the very top of the draft, like fit doesn't matter that much because you've got a long multi-year process to get back to where you want to go. You want to draft the absolute best player. And if it doesn't fit with current players on your roster, you want to re reconfigure from there. But the Blazers aren't looking at a multi-year rebuild. Um, you know, we could maybe debate whether they should uh, pivot in that direction, right? I think some some of my Blazer fan friends have have argued vehemently for for tearing it down, but like they don't want to do that. They they want to be competitive next season. Um, so drafting the best player that would maybe not fit in the immediate rotation would be a mistake, would be a miscalculation, in my opinion, for the Blazers. The if you're in the cycle of you want to be good right away, um, but you also need a contributor, fit matters more. Like if you're bad, if you're a bad team on a multi-year rebuild, you pick best player. If you're a good team that already, you know, the rookie's not going to play, you just pick the best player, right? But if you're where the Blazers are in this middle where it's like, okay, we need a contributor. We need someone who can who can be an impact player right away, like a relatively positive impact player right away. Uh and be part of our sort of long-term core as we move forward, fit matters more for the Blazers. So it, it's, it's the, it's the, unfortunately, the nuance between the two is that, is that you want to draft the best player, but you want to draft the best fit. And that's where the Blazers are. And that's why I wanted to do this exercise of talking about best fit, because Portland doesn't have the luxury of just saying, let's take the best player on our draft board, plug them in and we'll figure it out. They, they are so, um, they have they're just low on on talent, low on on players, and they need like they have real specific needs. The Blazers got to get this right, and they probably got to get this right by drafting a forward. Um, they could conceivably ja- draft Jalen Duran, the the best center in the draft from or best I the best center prospect. I don't know if he's the best center in the draft. That's not how this works typically. Best center prospect by most most accounts uh, uh, outside of uh, the Chet Holmgren uh, Chet Holmgren tier. Like they could draft Jalen Duran, but he's gonna you know pencil in as a backup right away. Um, maybe that helps, and maybe that maybe that actually is a pretty good a pretty good plan. But like the best outcome for the Blazers, they draft someone who like competes for a starting spot or competes for like real high level rotation minutes at a position of need, which is both forward spots. The Blazers got to chase fit because best player available doesn't necessarily make sense to them. Otherwise they end up on the board. You get draft Jade Nivey. I think what this opens up, and this is my final thought to close the show is like, if the Blazers do find themselves in, in a position where they're the fourth pick in the draft, 
whatever that may be. Uh, and Jaden Ivey is the last guy on the board um, out of the sort of top tier of players. Instead of drafting fit, right, and saying, okay, we're going to take Keegan Murray because he fits better. If you find yourself in a position, even if you find yourself where it's like Chet and Jaden Ivey, you're third and it's Chet and Jaden Ivey, I think the Blazers will have some ammo to trade back and maybe get some draft capital because fit will be more important to them and say they, you know, they trade back to fifth or whatever with the Pacers, however the however the uh, the lottery lines up, they still get their guy. They still end up with with Murray, but they get they trade out of the third spot to allow someone to move up allow, uh, you know, get some, get a future pick or get, you know, in, in the process, get some more, get some more assets in the process and still get their guy. Like, I think the Blazers, because of their specific situation have, uh, they'll have a little bit of flexibility to move around, uh, because of what they want. Even they could conceivably trade out of sixth and trade back to, you know, get multiple first rounders because if the, if what they want is going to still be on the board at, at, you know, 10, 11, 12, maybe they can, maybe they can find the right trade. I'm not in favor of that by any means, but like because of Blazers' situation, because of their need for the right player that fits what they want to do, uh, I think they have um, they have multiple outs when the, if if the ping pong balls fall the right way for them. But the ping pong balls got to fall the right way first. We are a couple weeks away from from the NBA draft lottery, May seventeenth. This is May fourth show. So over the next thirteen days, we will continue to look at draft stuff. We'll uh, we'll look at uh, lessons from the playoffs. We're going to do all types of things for the Blazers. The only daily Trailblazers podcast every single weekday available on all platforms. Make your first listen every day and then tell your friends to do the same. I appreciate you listening and I'll talk to you soon. Oh,